Welcome back, church family, to this episode of The Deeper Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us this week, and we are joined by Joe. Joe, welcome. Hello. Good to be here. And by Doug Congdon. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so this is not only our first podcast back from break, but this is actually our first podcast that we're opening up to our church family. So historically, this has been a podcast that we've used to equip our community group leaders, mm-hmm. and we've just gotten really positive feedback on it and had requests to open it up for other people to be able to have access to it. So really the point of this podcast, why we give energy to this is we want to partner with our people well, and we want to help them have a deeper conversation following the daily devotional they read in the week and the sermon they hear on the weekend and be able to to have conversations. So we're going to be processing in real time what we just heard from the sermon, the the run through, and kind of model a little bit how we're processing through this. And so hopefully can be a tool for our people as well. And in case people don't know, we record this on a Thursday And so we just had our run through and Joe did the run through and we gave feedback on it. And now we're in real time. You gave a lot of feedback. I had (laughs) to make a lot of changes. That's (laughs) easy. It's okay. (laughs) But I have had questions of people saying, you know, like how much preparation you do for the podcast and stuff. And I say, we do run through and then Mm -hmm. we're in real time responding to this. And so we're kind of in the same boat you guys are of processing through it. And then on Saturday at five o'clock, we will post the podcast so that you could go to service, and then you could listen to it right afterwards. Great. So that's kind of a little bit about why we're here and what we're doing. Uh, as we begin, Joe, talk to us first just about this series. So this is our first episode of the, of the podcast, but we're actually in week three We are of week the three. Week one was Jesus at the center yep. of God's story, and he has to be the center of our lives then. And then we looked at that whole value of Jesus being Lord. It was the... It's kind of the first creed of the the first century church of Jesus is Lord. He's Lord of all, over all, and in all things. And so we have to be people who don't live these lives of separation. We're connected. Mm -hmm. Everything is connected and Mm -hmm. put under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So this week, we're really going to be looking at a missional life, a life that is upward and outward, uh, being being connected to the church. And where does the church fit in this plan of God? Yep. And we're going to learn that Jesus is still the center of the church. It's not, it's not human-focused, even though there are human elements to the church that are really broken, mm-hmm. and yet we're invited into the plan of God to be the church, the ones called out of the world into the plan of God and uh, to, uh, to make disciples of all nations. Yep. So... You know, you plan out the sermon series and what we're doing, and you know, all, all of them are with prayer and inten- being intentional, all those things. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, there's one of these series that we actually, as a, as a leadership team and stuff, take even more time to really pray That's through and right. say, you know, this is going to be a great series, like all of our series, but maybe this is even something more that we want to, you know, really dig into even more. So I know you've been a part of, you know, working with other churches, you've read things, you've looked Mm -hmm. at our culture, just done a lot of prayer and research kind of even on this topic. So just take us a little bit more in your journey. So thanks um, for asking that. I I spent a lot of time thinking about future direction for our church and present present alignment and posture that we'll need to be that church that... Um, God has been calling us to do. And it's nothing new that God's calling us to do. That's nothing new. Um, I just want to be always calibrated to Christ. I always want to be focused on the most important things. And so that first... That first series of the year, I always kind of put 
put the stakes down pretty deep, and I'll refer to it throughout the year. Like spiritual formation. Spiritual was formation. Last year. Yeah, yeah, the the process of being formed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. That's boy to have that as a constant theme in our year. Last year was really big. This year really is that missional life. What could it look like? If the church was a partnership of believers who encouraged and exhorted and charged each other, not to just live it within the walls of the church, but to be the church outside yeah. in the world, in their families, at home, in their personal lives, in their workplace, in their relationship with any connection to the world, um, I want us to be the people of God in this world. And that means that we look more and more like Jesus. Yeah. So, so Doug, as you've kind of entered into this series, but even I know you've thought about this, you've prayed about this, you've read books and stuff. What's kind of your thoughts as you think about the missional life? Yeah, I think for some reason there's a confluence of what you're desiring to get across and what I've been reading lately. So, mm-hmm. um, a lot of time. And by the way, I love yeah. that word confluence. Do you? It do you want to say it multiple together. times? There's a yeah. I'm going to use you. that multiple times in I'm, my message. This I am going to try to use bigger and bigger words until Thank you, you don't know the definition. Okay. <laughs> 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 uh, something that we so we've been reading. The gospel comes with the house key by Rosario mm-hmm. Butterfield. My wife and I. Sorry, is we. Um, a lot of it is like what what would it look like to very intentionally treat your home as a refuge, as like a safe place for all kinds of people, be it your neighbors who are going mm-hmm. through a hard time or refugees who are new to Topeka, new to the area. Um, I mean, she talks a lot about prison ministry and having, yes. you know, convicts come and live with them after they get out and just being radically, she calls it radically ordinary hospitality. But so for us, it's really, okay, what does it look like to be the church um, from the base that is our house? So mm-hmm. in our neighborhood, especially is easy for us because we got, we have, uh, you know, young kids and there are a bunch of young kids in our, so we had a, a, um, man sleepover with like eight neighborhood kids when school got canceled last mm. yeah last wow. uh, no this week then monday night that was insane yeah <laughs> yeah that was crazy but I'm stuff sure. it's stuff like that it's like okay what's the what's the real practicality of of being the church um and and a phrase that rosario says is uh, god doesn't make mistakes on addresses like mm. we wow. we live where yeah. we live for a reason so what are we called to do in our area so yeah that's kind of what's what's uh permeating in mm-hmm. my brain. Yep. I'm trying to think of other words. Yes. Percolating, percolating. Yeah, that's <laughs> what that. I wanted. Yep, yep, yep. Shoot. Yes. I got to get better with those words if you know what these are. So I'm going to have to they get stick more with confusing. The terms and yeah. maybe even bring in like a pour <laughs> yeah, over. Pour, pour yeah, over Jesus over is pouring <laughs> over <laughs> his soul into our lives. Yes, well, Doug, I love that because um, we're going to be looking in two weeks on streets and cities mm. and how God uses those in his kingdom plan. That's great. And man, I, I love that book too. I, I've been reading few several books on hospitality, and that's been so important, of uh, viewing your home as a platform for the gospel. Yeah. And, and isn't that with anything God has given us? We can either worship those things, or we can worship God with those things. Yeah. yeah. That's the missional life. It, it worships God with the things. It doesn't despise them and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of separates life from, it's got to be this way, it gets legalistic, but to view everything that you have under the Lordship of Jesus, and so then everything... In, all that I have and all that I am is available to him. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. I think as we look at the series, it, it's honestly relatively simple what we're being called mm-hmm. into. I love right. the, you know, the three circles that you give and stuff, but 
often as things that are simple, it's still difficult to yeah, do. Right, right, you right. kind of just start thinking mm-hmm. the practicality of this and some of the shifts that you make personally and even as a church. And yeah. I think we're just kind of wrestling through some of that. Yep. So be in prayer, join us in prayer as yep. a church family as we wrestle through what does this look like for us individually as well as as a church family. Mm-hmm. So Joe, now this week we're talking about I am the church. I know you just preached on it, but just give yes. us a high level. What mm-hmm. are you calling us into on that? So we're calling people to look like Jesus. I mean, that's the smallest term because <laughs> like, yeah. the church has to look like Jesus. Yeah. It can't look like this organization or bureaucracy. It can't look like just an ideology. It can't look like a political platform that people join. It can't look like a country club that people join. It has to be a partnership with God through the power of the Holy Spirit to become more and more like Jesus. Yeah. So it's a kind of a deeper application of that whole angle of formation being formed into the image of Jesus for the sake of others. Yeah. And and kind of gives us some practical practical rungs on a ladder we can grab onto and kind of think and and when we, I don't want to so detail the application of this message that mm. it has to be like this because then I would limit the Holy Spirit in the lives mm. of people. But if I could just get people to think through, look, the church since the first century to the 21st century, has been intended to be transformational. That through it, and the power of the Holy Spirit, and the uniting of believers together, there's something really God-glorifying about that. We change. We change. We look more like Jesus. And when I see Doug making difficult choices to change, and I'm seeing Jesus become greater in him, makes me want to become like that. And, And you really, those you... Those you are around have a huge influence on you. Mm-hmm. And so relationship is big. Yeah. And that's the second point. It's not people who are changing, just changing. It's people who see examples. That's, that's why Paul would say to Timothy, what's you, oh, I'm sorry, church, to the church in Philippi, he said, what you, what you heard and received and um, seen uh, in me, practice these things. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, we're examples of that. And we've got to be relational who on the platform of relationships, not on the organization of a church, but the relationships, we, we're loving God as we love one another. And then finally, the incarnation, that's the method. How do we do this? We leave safe places to go to difficult places mm-hmm. with the gospel. And man, that's so attractional in a, in a um, diverse and divided culture mm-hmm. that says, if you don't think like me, vote like me, believe like me, you're not going to be around me. Mm-hmm. And the gospel is the rich, the rich Jesus becoming poor, taking on mm-hmm. flesh, born in this obscure place called Bethlehem, not just to fulfill prophecy, but to teach us that he came down to a humble, lowly place, to a lowly family, and there the power of God rested in weakness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's incarnation. Mm-hmm. And we too have to do that. So I, that's why Paul would boast all the more about his weaknesses than his strengths so that the power of God could rest on him. Yeah. And, and I mean, I drive into Fellowship Bible Church every day I come to work and, and I kind of look, I, lo- I love the look of our building. I just, it does tell us we're big. Mm-hmm. I receive people and I realize I can't know everyone here, so I'm confronted. We're big. Mm-hmm. But these are principles every one of us can grab onto. And I think if each one of us did this, we would build a movement that could change Topeka. Yeah. Mm. And being the church is really all about that. It's taking it beyond this place, moving outside of the walls. So this doesn't become sacred space. Mm-hmm. All of life becomes sacred. 
So let's now take that and let's try to kind of give people some, some examples. So how have you guys seen either in your life or other people's life, an example of what it's looked like for someone to say, I am the church and to partner well with the church. Um, and I can start, I'll, I'll give an example actually of Paige and I, so not in my role at the church, but just in, in Paige and I as people, um, through our adoption journey. Mm. So our, our church partnered with us. It just so incredibly well in, in organic ways of people praying for us, send mm-hmm. us encouraging texts. We're there to celebrate the ups and to be with us and cry with us, you know, in the downs and tough times. Um, when we did fundraisers, they bought, they bought t-shirts mm-hmm. and, you know, all the different mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, then our church actually set us, we have uh, a, an account set aside to help people with adoption. So mm-hmm. our church gave us a grant to help fund our adoption and yeah. have given us space to do fundraisers and just all these types of things. And so we have felt very well partnered with when it comes to our church and our and our journey with adoption. And then even after we've adopted, because, you know, even you, you get them in your home and then now, you know, all kinds of other stuff begins. So people help, you know, babysit and just so many different things. So hmm. I know for us, we felt really partnered with um, in our journey with adoption. So Well, shoot, man, that <clears throat> like we're just a... A small slice of our church, obviously, but my answer would probably be foster care. Yeah. But for the exact same reasons you said, like we had talked about doing it. It's something that we Mm -hmm. wanted to do, but until really the church partnered with us in providing, like partnering with Foster the Cause, which then Mm -hmm. gave us the training and then having the uh, account that helped us to have to transform our house to become foster care worthy, however, whatever the actual language of that is, like without without fellowship, we probably would never have actually moved into the foster care space. Mm. It, it would have maybe just still been an idea. And now we're three years into it. So grateful for it. But that was a, I'm, I'm sad because I know that there's a billion ways that we partner with people. You picked adoption, I picked foster care, which ends up being this really small slice. And there are so many ways no, out but there, but that was really know how great. Many, how many people just worship family <laughs> and it's my family. I'll keep this family safe and we do it this way. You guys have opened up your families to challenges. Both of you have struggled through ch- these challenges. Both of you have a greater understanding of the love of God for you through these challenges. Yeah. And the messiness and brokenness of this world in the same... I mean, sure. it's not just built up your heart. It's broken your heart mm-hmm. in a lot of areas. Yeah. And for me to watch you as an older dude watching you younger dudes navigate this, um, my goodness, I see hope. I see hope in our future generation doing things I didn't do. Hmm. And that encourages me as a follower of Jesus to go, yes, this is what we're about as a church. You've, you've taken a message and you've applied it and allowed the Holy Spirit to take your, your environment mm-hmm. and open it up to be available to Jesus and look what he's doing. It's not ever easy, yeah. but it's, it's, it's holy. It's so worth stuff. It. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So we did not plan this, and I'll yep. just say, but on uh, February 18th, we actually are going to have a foster adoption kind of gathering, and we're partnering um, with Lifeline Children's Services. So if there's other people watching that are mm-hmm. have either adopted or in foster care or considering it, um, feel free to send me an email, and I'll, I'll invite you to be a part of that. Yeah. Uh, Joe, what about you? What is I know no one who's being changed by Jesus. <laughs> um, no, I have. Oh, you are. You're, you're, you, you get to hear a lot of great um, stories from people. So... Boy, a guy who just stands out to me is Rich McKee. Mm-hmm. Rich McKee came to our church um, from a mainline denominational church, of, and he viewed it as, I go to church. Mm-hmm. And over the years I've known him, he's just transformed, um, and I've seen him be the church. He's the church out inside and outside this place. 
And it's all, I mean, he models. He models God's changed him. He's, 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 trans, he's relational. Mm-hmm. He loves getting together with you. And he loves telling stories about other people's mm-hmm. transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you meet with him, he gives you perspective, <clears throat> not just observation. And he gives you biblical, yes. godly perspective. And I'm so thankful he's an elder. Yeah. But I've seen him go from a guy who walks in one day when we had a car on stage and mm-hmm. he just was shocked that a church would have a car on stage. <laughs> we didn't give the car away. We were talking about <laughs> the engine of a car and how it works and things like that and, and compared that with the Christian life. But but he saw all that and has seen the craziness of being a part of a church and the, you know, brokenness of the church. And he's been the church. He's just been committed to that. He showed me that. Another guy's Marty Brownfield. Mm-hmm. Just seen Marty change. I've seen a really introverted woman named Rebecca Boydston mm. change mm. and transform into a loving, personal, thoughtful, caring woman who didn't just lean into a relationship with Jesus. She's become the church in almost every environment she's in. Yeah. 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 So Rebecca is one of our deacons here Yes, and just so faithful. I mean, she is so involved in our welcoming ministry. She's involved in our Love Topeka teams. I mean, whenever there's a need that comes up, she's she's just the first to say yes. And then Marty and then um, his wife, Tammy, they, in the midst of uh, community group transitions, just sent me a text, said, how can we help? Yes. And so they're going to be meeting with every single one of our community groups over the next year and just, yeah. just serving. So I, yeah, I echo what you see in them. Yeah, Doug, overseeing family ministry, yeah. have you seen maybe some of our families partner with us and, and really see themselves as the church? Yeah, I've had the chance to meet with some dads lately and just ask about what does it look like to be um, kind of a spiritual head of your home? Like, do you are you doing devotions with your kids? Are you praying with your wives? Stuff like that. I have yeah. been very encouraged by my conversations of just hearing. There is a, a great story um, that Keelan actually passed on. So this is slightly separate of a single mom who um, comes here, brings her kids here, um, but used that parent cue that we hand out on the weekends as kind of the first step to having spiritual conversations with her kids mm-hmm. who love it and now will remind her if they don't do it one night. They'll be like, we need to go over the questions and the memory verse. And there is kind of just giving that tool to people who maybe didn't grow up in a Christian home and have never seen what it looks like for a parent to live out um, being the church in the home. And it gives them this great first step to like, okay, there's a there's a there's something we can have a conversation around and talk about. And so meeting with a couple dads too who do... Um, who do devotions their own way, but like to use the um, devotional book that we have mm-hmm. as a way to be on the same page with their kids as to what they're learning in church. And so it's just, yeah, it's beautiful to see some of the really practical ways that that dads, I think, specifically because that's who I meet with, that dads yeah. are learning to like be the church in their home. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's awesome. Okay, well, let's go to the, the second question of, um, and this is one that Joe really closes with uh, in his message, and one that I really want us all to wrestle with is, <clears throat> what would it look like in your life to be the church? What does it look like to actually live out what we've been reading and what we heard um, in the message on the weekend? So, yeah. so for me, I eat, drink, and sleep the church. I do, and I, um, I've been able to be here now for 20, coming up on 22 years. And so I am always thinking, and I know a lot of stuff what's happening inside our church. So when I leave to go home, I try to get some space from church and thinking about ministry. 
And so I would tell you, I need this just as much as everyone else around here. I need to be, now that we're empty nesters, I need to be a better uh, husband to my wife where I don't come home and view the house as a refuge. Mm. I view it as um, God continuing to transform us to love each other well and to open our home uh, to be a ministry uh, platform for for being the church. Mm-hmm. A big thing God has taught me a lot of love for over the past several years has been my neighborhood. I really have enjoyed meeting my neighbors. And our neighborhood likes to get together. And so they're very different. Not many of them are Christians. Mm-hmm. But I, I can honestly say I really am thoughtful and care for each one of them and pray for them and want to help them and be um, a, an example of Jesus to them. And, um, and, and that has just given us great opportunities to do that. Mm. So That's great. Doug, what about you? Yeah, I think a lot of our world has been centered around our neighbors. But I, if I'm being really honest, like Lee does a great job of this. And I kind of follow along <clears throat> with her lead. So she has a Bible study that she has with the, with the girls, the younger girls in the neighborhood. She also has a Bible study with the moms. Do I have a Bible study with the dads? No, I do not. Uh, There is this piece of all of us together on mission where I feel like I'm dragging my feet and need to have... For me, I I love the relational piece, but when we turn conversations into challenges or sin things come up or doubts about faith come up, I tend to not be aggressive in those conversations, wanting peace over what might be a necessary hard conversation. So I know what it looks like to be the church is not just, if I just focus on the relational and incarnational, right, then I'm like, it's great. I can love people. I can go to them. But if I leave the transformational out, this isn't a complete picture of the church. Like I need to not only share with them how God's transforming my life and sin, but then in doing that, confront them on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know that if you don't do all three of these things, the picture is going to be blurred. It's not going to mm-hmm. be, it's going to be distorted. So I know at times the transformational and relational pieces I've had, but without the incarnational, it's just a holy huddle, right? I'm just mm-hmm. focused on the church and Bible study. And I now probably struggle with the relational and incarnational, but leaving out the transformational. But I know that other people struggle, they're transformational and they're incarnational, but they miss the relationship. And then they're kind of just like the street preacher who goes yeah. around and like mm-hmm. just bit, hits people on the head with the Bible and leaves, right? So yeah. I know that you have to be all three of those at the same time to be a clear picture. And I've struggled with different ones at different times. Right now, mm-hmm. it's probably that transformational piece that I need to pick up. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I think um, similar in some ways with the neighbors thing, our neighborhood Everyone moved in in the last three years. So it was kind of like a new little neighborhood they built. And everyone is either Paige and I's age or retired. And so we've just had a lot of fun trying to build just authentic, fun relationships with people. Mm -hmm. So at Halloween, we had a Halloween party, but it was so cold then that everyone (laughs) came into our house. And so we had this big chili feed and our house was just filled with stuff. And in the summer, we ordered this bounce house. And so all the Mm -hmm. kids in the neighborhood came over with a water slide and stuff. And So Jeremy, you didn't didn't turn your house into a hell house? house that then presented the gospel to them. You didn't do that? The judgment house. I did judgment serve in that growing up, um, yeah. but no, we did not. We, okay. Judah would be terrified. <laughs> he, would, he would run away. Uh, yes. um, so I, <clears throat> I think we're in a sweet season with our neighbors where we've built good relationships. We know all their names yeah. and stuff. And so I think we're 
have the opportunity to kind of go to that next transformation next level, like what you're talking about. Okay. Um, but I think the other sphere is, is on the home front. And I think it's just being intentional with those small in-between moments, you mm-hmm. know, here in Deuteronomy six, you know, and you're coming and you're going and you're getting up and you're going down, you know, how are you sharing these things with them? So how can I be intentional at dinner time when we're all sitting together mm-hmm. to, you know, be intentional in some way or when putting the kids to bed or mm-hmm. to, in the car, some of these different things. So I think we leverage some of those, but I think even leveraging some things on parent cue and that type of thing will, will help us be even, be even better mm-hmm. in that sphere. So yeah. Joe, you got anything else when you think about on this one? I don't, I, th- you're going to, you're going to hear this, you're going to hear this model kind of this the spheres of the missional life yeah. and it's all new to you and you might feel overwhelmed by it, yeah. but we're not going away from this mm-hmm. anytime soon. We're going to use this just as a conversation, as an idea generator. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see what God could do. Um, none of us, even as elders, as we think and pray through this and talk and process through it, none of us have any specific ideas or strategies that we're going to implement and everything's going to change. No, this is just building on what God has already done here and making us more kind of pinpointed into the church yeah. that he wants us to be. Yeah. And it's for every church, not just for fellowship. Yeah. If we could think through this as the church in America, my yeah. goodness. Mm-hmm. It's, if it could change from I go to that church to I am the church, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> the world can change. Yeah. The world can change. Yeah. Yeah. I think our... like. Our biggest gap here is the work sphere, right? Yes. We all work yeah, here, so we're, right. we're podcasting this out to a bunch of people who have a totally different idea of what it looks like to be the church at work, and yes. I'm just like curious. So that's next week. Okay. And so we're going to be bringing on some guests. That was that a setup. Are... I totally knew that was coming. Yes. <laughs> but you're ab- I was thinking the same Good thing. Okay. I was okay. thinking yeah. the same thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. Doug, would you pray for us? Yeah. Heavenly Father, I lift up uh, the people who are listening to this right now. God, as your spirit has hopefully been moving in them and bringing before them ideas and visions of what it could look like for them to be the church at work in their personal life, in their houses, um, I pray that you would give them a clear picture of something you're leading them into. And God, as you give them that picture, will you also give them the motivation and the heart uh, to see it through, to begin experimenting, to begin trying um, trying it out and to see the fullness of life that comes with, um, man, with taking risks in your name and with trying to live life the way you've called us to. Mm-hmm. And so we lift up this series to you as well. May it be an encouragement and a um, direction for our church um, that blesses you and that you are honored by and that you are a part of. So uh, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Doug, Joe, thank you for being a part of this podcast. And thank you all for listening. We look forward to see you next time. Yeah. Yeah.